Welcome to Wealth Hackathon Podcast. This is Dr. O, your favorite wealth hacker. I'm so excited for you to join with us wherever you are, whenever it is. We want to surpass and go beyond all space and time. So I just want you to know that you are here because you really, truly are supposed to be here. So try your best to tune other things out for the moment that we have time together. Try your best to focus on what you really want. You're not here by chance. Nothing happens by chance. Uh, And the chances that are taken, they're there to drive you into choices, which drive you into decisions, which drive you into actions, which drive you into your next version of yourself. So welcome. I am a spiritual wealth strategist for Oh My Incorporated. We are a management and alternative investments firm. And our role is to make sure that your legacy plays get executed. (laughs) That's it. And Speaking of that execution, we did a wonderful exercise where we were actually being intentional on our last podcast. And so I want to keep that same energy of being intentional. And what we did was we went into our imagination. So affirmation, visualization, actualization, goaling, objectives, planning, strategy, All of that stuff is very, very powerful. I like for you to use the foundation of imagination. So we're going to imagine today and we're being intentional about what we imagine. So can you imagine you wake up in the morning and everything is already taken care of? You're not needed at all respected loved important valuable valid even relevant but not needed so you have literally nothing to do nothing that's how you start your day you have nothing to do everything's already done you get up just imagine You get up and do whatever the first thing on your mind is, whatever that may be. I don't like putting stuff in people's heads anymore. I think people control each other way too much. So you're going to have to use your imagination. And what is that like for you? Imagine what that does for you. And maybe it's not you waking up. Maybe you're just living your life, but you don't have any responsibilities or any obligations that are not already handled. Literally, no hago otra cosa, meaning there's nothing for me to do. What would that be like for you? And you can also take it a step further. Just imagine whatever you want to imagine. You don't need Dr. O telling you anything, right? But my point in this is to give you the flow of imagination when we're setting intentions we're doing affirmations we're doing visualizations we're creating and as a creator you tap into your imagination and many other things we're not leaving anything out so people like she wants me to focus on just imagination absolutely not i'm just giving you some foreground on whatever you need to be doing to get yourself there i do believe that imagination is a little bit higher than an affirmation but i do like affirmations i do like the way that they inject while i'm in my imagination i do speak affirmations within i do see visualizations within i do all of that within my imagination but 
a lot of times our imagination is taken away from us, right? Because we've got to live in the real world and we've got to do adult things and we've got to prepare ourselves for the next thing coming. And that pulls you out of your imagination when you have a lot of obligation, responsibility and growth and development, right? So a lot of times it doesn't have to be that way. It does not have to be that way. There are some very minimal educational institutions that still bring upon imagination, But a lot of times people need you to be imaginative, but they treat you like your imagination is child's play. But no, your imagination is not child's play. Matter of fact, it's the very thing that let you knew that you could fly. And as you start to fall and bump and bruise your head, those bruises just become a part of the process. You know you can fly. And then somebody tells you, you know what? You can't fly. So stop. Because every time you fly, you're going to bump your leg and then I'm going to have to doctor it up. And you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to break a bone. You're going to be in the hospital. So you start getting all this like, maybe I shouldn't be trying to fly. (laughs) Look, maybe I shouldn't try to do this anymore. And then you stop trying to fly. And then maybe you're imagining like, man, I think I'm going to be a CEO one day. And then you have a teacher or a coach or somebody tell you, hey, you need to focus on the real world. You need to focus on being a hard worker, getting good grades. You need to focus on being the best citizen you can be. You need to focus on building out a family. You need to focus on uh, what God wants you to do. And so you're thinking to yourself like, dang, that CEO That imagination of that CEO is getting pushed back further and further every time I turn around. Somebody's telling me I can't do it or, hey, you know what comes with that, right? You know how stressful that is. I knew a CEO and he lost his whole family trying to be a CEO. So you start getting all those influxes literally stripping you of your imagination. I'm just here to put it back. All right, cool. So as I was walking and talking and thinking, I thought, man. I am just out of, I I just, out of anywhere. I hate saying out of nowhere all the time. Out of anywhere came this thought that I am a projection of God's idea of perfection, right? And it sounds a little cliche and meme-ish, but I am literally a projection of what God had in mind for God's perfect will. Not my will for the haters. Calm down. Dr. O said she was perfect. Dr. O thinks she's perfect. Right? What I'm saying is God, my parents, my ancestors, and those before me helped to develop what I see, what I am. Not a hundred percent, but a very good percentage, right? So God had something in mind when the sperm hit the egg and before that even because it was perfect timing. Every last one of us under the sound of my voice is a tangible example of an intangible power that's called perfect timing. And the way we know that is because ovulation happens specifically at a specific time even the man has to be in tune with himself to be able to produce sperm she now has to be able to produce egg and during a specific amount of timing or process of timing was the 
zygote began to form based off of this perfect moment in time that you made a decision about you. You had no brain, no heart, no fingers, no religion, no education, no money, no responsibilities, no obligations. All you were was a perfect will coming into perfect timing happening. You're happening. This is the happening code. That was good. I just got that while I was talking. So I'm happy because I didn't know what the title was going to be. But y'all know how I like to do the happening code. You are not allowing life to happen. You are what's happening to life. You're not allowing life to happen. You're what's happening to life. You are the projection of God's perfection. You are a tangible source of an intangible force. You are a tangible source of an intangible force. And nobody can take that from you even when you give it to them. It still belongs to you. You know how you let someone borrow your car? It's in your name, it's registered to you, you're the one on the insurance policy, but you give them the keys and they have to treat it like it's their own. They better, they should. God told me if you want to own everything, treat everything as your own. If you want to control everything, you'll learn to control yourself. So it's still your car. (laughs) You're still responsible for the payments. Now, if you have an arrangement and an agreement with this person that they make the payments while they have it, that's a different story. But typically, when you let someone borrow something or control something of yours or use something of yours, you're giving them power. But you're still the force or the supplier of the power. The supply is with you, right? Supply and demand is a big portion of becoming wealthy. Supply and demand is a big portion of remaining healthy. Supply and demand is not really taught from a spiritual perspective. Therefore, people have a lot of complications on a worldly or earthly or mindset perspective because you don't know what time it is. You don't know when supply and demand is important. When is always now. So that's just my take on time. And um, I know that may not seem like it goes with what I'm saying because it actually is even taking me away from where I was headed when it came to you being the projection of God's perfection. But I see how it ties in because God is operating as the supplier for the demand of you. So you're in demand. There's someone in command and then you're in demand behind that commandment. Do you make commandments with yourself? Do you have any commandments of self? Like, do you have your own commandments? Like the commandments of Omai, the commandments of Paul, the commandments of so-and-so, right? The commandments of Gwen, the commandments of Dasani, 
the commandments of Danny, the commandments of Taya, the commandments of Dyron. Do you have commandments of Carol? Do you have any commandments of Beulah? You know, do you have any commandments? What are you commanding? So supply and demand works off of commandments. You've got to learn that for yourself. What is a commandment? What is supply and demand? What is this lady talking about? You think you know, but you can always know more. You think you have an idea, but that idea can always be stretched and challenged. You think you've got it figured out, and you can always find others that have another way of seeing it. Perception is a very interesting tool. Very interesting resource. Perception is very interesting. I was listening to something so powerful. Dave Chappelle in his latest um, Netflix series, uh, or whatever it is. Um, anyway, Dave Chappelle has just been given, uh, what's his name, Duke Ellington? or uh, Anyway, they've named a building of a school that Dave Chappelle used to go to after Dave Chappelle. So this is his commencement speech. That's what they say on Netflix, right? So it's very interesting because he's not being a comedian on the stage, but he's funny and he's comical. So it just kind of comes with the territory. And he's very good at storytelling and win and punchlines. And I don't know, he's just very gifted. And I was just watching him and I was thinking about Richard Pryor and saying, man, I wasn't like old enough to enjoy Richard Pryor because, you know, his mouth, right? So adults aren't going to let us just watch Richard Pryor like that. But after I got older and I kind of got into Richard Pryor a little bit more, then I started to look at like, man, this dude was like really gifted in his thing. And Dave Chappelle reminded me of an opportunity not to compare him against another comedian such as Richard Pryor, a legend, but to see that he was a legend in and of himself. And it was just really beautiful to see that. Like I witnessed a legend being a legend on his own self. (laughs) And it wasn't based off of anybody else. But remembering I didn't get that opportunity with a Richard Pryor, but I am getting that opportunity with a Dave Chappelle. Well, same thing happens to us. But what Dave Chappelle was talking about was this power of like groupthink or the power of a group of people having the same perspective at the same time. And that's how you basically can control, manipulate, persuade, impact and influence and inspire a group of people at the same time. And he talked about a teacher using a stapler and everybody focusing on that stapler. And as the teacher was talking, people zoned in on the stapler, not really taking in what the the teacher was saying. And then he hit them with a shock factor. And then they were like, oh, you got us. But Dave Chappelle was realizing, R-E-A-L-E-Y-E-S, he realized that, hey, that works. And if that works, it's been working. And if it worked and it's been working, how do I work it? And how do I make it relevant to me? So hopefully when you're listening to me, you're asking yourself, how does it work? How do I work it and make it relevant to me? Right. And so when we get to overstanding this supply and demand that I'm talking about, this being um, the projection of God's perfect will or God's perfection, this 
this code thing that we're going over in this particular series. And I would advise that you go back through the other codes so that you can be in sequence with the way this has laid out. But it doesn't matter. I'm big on picking up a book, starting with any chapter. I don't necessarily think that you have to read every chapter of a book. I don't necessarily think that you have to go in order of the chapters of the book, depending on what it is. I think sometimes certain chapters speak out to you and you can go directly there for whatever it is that you're needing and put that book for continued usage because now that book becomes a supplier to the demand in your life and you need a bunch of suppliers and a bunch of demands in order for you to build the thing that you're trying to build whatever it is you could be building a career at a job you could be building for education You could be building for your own business or as an entrepreneur, as an investor like myself, whatever you're doing, building out a relationship, a personal relationship or a business relationship, you're still dealing with supply and demand. And so as we're thinking about, I'm the projection of God's perfection, then not only am I supposed to be here, but I'm supposed to be effective and efficient while I'm here as well. Things are supposed to work in my favor and the things that don't work in my favor, I'm supposed to learn how to bend and how to begin to control the resources at my fingertips, whatever they may be. So a lot of people think from some people, I won't say a lot of people, there are oftentimes people will think from the place of lack and what they don't have. And I always correct that and reprogram that behavior to thinking from the perspective of what you do have. So if you only have one rock, you don't have 75,000 rocks or you only have one sheep, you don't have 100 sheep. What would you do with the one sheep that could force multiply um, you towards the 100 sheep or whatever number goal is for you? Or or how do you expand and optimize opportunities? Right. So you can be in the flow of supply and demand. Some people are not ready for that and that's okay. But it still can guide you even though you're not there yet. Wealth can guide you even when you're in uh, impoverished situations. Or maybe you're just not even poor. You just have poor habits, right? You just have poor habits. Or you just have habits that you're still uh, processing, still trying to learn from. And you're just not at a place of mastery yet. Or you haven't mastered it yet, but you're still mastering You're still on the way, you know, and I think some people have a problem with that. You're on the way. Speaking of on the way, I better close this now. I know this has been helpful. It's just giving you some some something to pull from some some type of guidepost. Um, I do want to close it pretty strong and give you some I guess we can say task or some some meat. Let me give you some meat because I think I've been throwing out some appetizers and some yummies. But let me give you some meat to chew on before I close out I am the tangible portion of the intangible force I'm the intangible and I'm the tangible I'm both am and because I am the projection of God's perfection as I walk around then I have to be aware that right here, right now, whatever it is that I am, I am already. And I always have been and I always will be. Right? 
as a legacy investor and a legacy thinker and a legacy creator, it's not my job to necessarily help another generation forward, even though I know it's a part of the process, but it's not necessarily my specific role. I want you to consider your specific role in your life for you unselfishly, but intentionally. How am I here and how am I serving my time for me? Like what, what, am, what are the benefits for myself? I know that I need to have, you know, life insurance, a will, a trust, a foundation. I need to have things in place for when I'm not here. That's a, definitely a, a founding principle of, of, of representing generationally and inheritantly. But on top of that, what am I really doing as I am God's perfect will? Flawed perfection or oxymorons are, don't get the respect that they deserve. Anomalies, paradoxes don't get the respect that I feel that they deserve. So I want to bring that into perspective now. You're an anomaly. You're an anomaly. When you grasp that and accept that and operate out of that, you can begin to see things that maybe weren't there, ignore things that you don't need to be watching and looking for anyway, and you can begin to create in a different kind of way. I want you to think about that and really operate out of that. Challenge yourself to do something for you, about you, and no one else. And like the godfather of economics, Adam Smith, talks about the invisible hand. You taking care of you will actually take care of the market. You wanting things to get better for yourself will actually get better for other people as well. A lot of these philanthropists, billionaires, millionaires, and other people that have AKA made it successful people, they're ironically helping other people as well, even though they may have been focused on some of their own goals, initiatives, purposes, wills, passions, hobbies, businesses, entrepreneurship, pursuits, families, this, that, and the third. They also are helping others in that process of helping themselves. So I want you to either be challenged to read the book, The Invisible Hand, Go do some research. Again, I told you not to read the whole thing, right? Maybe you listen to the audio as you're driving in traffic or whatnot. Um, Start focusing in on time management and how you manage your time, how you manage resources in your life, how you manage relationships. And that definitely has to start with yourself. All right. I think that's a better close for me. Uh, I feel more comfortable. Wealth is your birthright. Wealth is your civil right. Wealth is already naturally in you. Thanks for tuning in.